The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, Johnny Smacks and Johnny B are as busy as ever. A new single out, a television series and a book coming out in October. Throw in the number one podcast into the mix and the two Johnnies are on a roll and they're here with me this morning to tell me more. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi how are you? Do you know what's gas? You make you make us sound so busy, and it's funny. Like whenever <laughs> our parents come up, they're like, "Sure, all you do is have the crack. You don't be flat out at all." Like you know. Have you got that weird phenomena that Irish people do? I think that we've copped onto a bit where we like to tell people we're really busy. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's us. Like we're 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 constantly telling people how busy we are. But uh, I think a lot of people see truths. But no, we are. We're we're kept going in our own little way. We we like to be busy, <laughs> but Irish people hate to admit they're doing well. Oh yes, true. Oh, they don't like to brag. I'm flat out, but I'll tell you, should the rain, and then I got stung by a nettle, <laughs> and then a, a wasp abducted my child, and Chase is tough, and the price of grain has gone to feck, and it's all terrible, tough going here. Doom and gloom. But sure, it's great, and it's the best country in the world. You've just been to a country where nothing has been downplayed, mm. and they don't, they're don't. they well able to brag about themselves, and that, of course, is the United States for the two Johnnies do America. It's on Thursday nights at 9.30pm on RT2. H- had you done the J1s and stuff like that before? No, no unfortunately. like We were lucky that like we kind of treated this as a J1, but obviously we were getting paid, so it was brilliant. We didn't hey. have to work like part-time in an ice cream shop or anything like that. <laughs> so this, this was kind of our version of a J1 but uh, unfortunately we had to do a little bit of work along the way but listen it wasn't that bad but it was really enjoyable if the two Johnnies were from America like you were talking about like bigging yourself up we'd be going around driving Ferraris and telling everyone we're mm-hmm. great men whereas at home mm-hmm. here like we do, we're actually trying to hide hide the cars we want to be walking around in our bare feet saying we've nothing like so did you like the States did, was it what you had thought it would be when you were there Ah, yeah, we've been uh, three times before touring, so we knew, mm. we knew the crack. But like you said, the, the Yanks are gassed. Like, they're very formal. Do you know, the, like, we had an all-American crew, and they're all mm. like, I'm going to move the vehicle to a pre-appointed point in case there is an incident. And we were like, what? Yeah. You know, the Irish people like, here, shift that car, will you? Someone will plow into it, like. And then... <laughs> We were only laughing the other day, like, we were pulling to a cafe, I think I was going to the Jacks or something, and Smack stopped up, he was watching the telly, there was soccer on or something, and when I came out, there was eight fellas standing behind him, they thought it was a queue. <laughs> yeah, like, that would never happen in Ireland, somebody would have skipped the queue, the Yanks are just, you know, there's no badness in them, really. Oh, they're, they're, like, they're nice old divils, like, they're simple old divils, I think, really, like, you know, wait, wait, wait. It was it, it was crazy the stuff that we get away with out there. Like we're going around the whole time saying, "Oh, we're going to have the crack and any crack." I mean, crack <laughs> means something totally different in America. Yeah. Did they get your humor? Like I remember on my own J one getting into trouble lots of times because they didn't really get my caustic Irish humor. You know. We we didn't notice if we got in trouble too much because our tour manager James was there with us. So if we got in trouble, he just took care of it and didn't tell us about it. So yeah, we probably got in loads of trouble <laughs> and didn't even know about it. But no, I think I think they kind of they kind of do get our humor. In fairness to them, we have to slow down and kind of alter some of our live material for the American audience because a lot like our audience in America is kind of a lot of like Irish people who are living there, and then Americans who just latch onto it who think they're Irish. And listen, I mm. I don't care if they think they're Irish or or what they are. Once they're coming to our shows and listening to our stuff, I'm quite happy yeah. to have them paying for a ticket. Yeah. Nice one, and tell us. What did you eat for breakfast time? Oh, they're it's dirt. 
Uh, I was in so many rows. We pull into, we were in Compton, and we pull into a big supermarket there. I was just trying to get a chicken fillet roll, and the hassle. I had to buy a load of cooked chicken, and I had to buy a foot long roll and a tub of butter, and they're <laughs> on the road trying to work here. Like they just, I know the takeaway food. That's wicked. Greasy and uh, yeah. Jay Z be dead in a week if he moved over. Like. What, what what Johnny V didn't tell you there is he stopped the whole production one day. Yeah, because he was too hungry and we needed to stop at this supermarket and he took apart a cooked chicken with his bare hands and yeah. put it on a roll in the car park in Compton. <laughs> like our cameraman, he, he was in, from New York. He couldn't understand it at all. Like they'd be into sandwiches a bit now in New York subs and all. Yeah. Yeah, it nearly fell down when they seen it, but no, we, we oh we were eating in a place called Whole Foods. Did you ever hear this? Okay. Oh yes, this is the real fancy kind of organic supermarket. Oh my god, we went in there one day. Obviously, no, not for you. The production company are paying for what? Not for us. Cheers. We had them out of house and home. We went in. <laughs> our tour manager, right? He's in Borland and Tip. So you go into Whole Foods and there's a big selection, and you pick up a bit of salad and a bit of chicken, and then they, you get charged by the weight. He was going in, getting $37 worth of mashed spuds. <laughs> oh, rotten. Why? Yeah. Because he, he loves, he's a spud monster. He's a spud monster. He didn't, he didn't care. He's been charged by the weight. Like for the spuds he was getting, he could have got like 15 Angus fillet steaks. Yeah, Honestly, exactly. Like, there's talks ongoing of a second series with RT and I say they'll have to have a separate budget just for spuds. <laughs> Did he eat that $37 worth of spuds? He ate, he ate the cardboard box that came in. Christ, he did. <laughs> but no, we're glad to be home because we came home as the COVID was kind of kicking in. We were hearing stories from home and then Donald Trump was talking about locking down, you know, the airports and locking down everything in America. So we got a phone call from RT and it was like, get on the next flight home. And that was, mm -hmm. yeah, to be honest, we were glad to be home because... You don't want to be sick anywhere else. You, you want to be sick here in Ireland. Like, at least the nurses that are sound here, you know, we've good health service. Credit to them. Yeah, true, true. Now, like, COVID has affected all our lives, mm. but I suppose, Johnny Smacks, it's affected your life in, in one particular way in that you're getting married, aren't you? Yeah, due to be. She, she, she hasn't called be. it off yet anyway. But, uh, yeah, no. So no. what date? Was it meant to be during the pandemic time? Yeah, or it was meant to be the 3rd of July. Uh, okay. And we've had to move it to December. And I'd say we'll have to move it again. But I'm kind of taking this mm. as a sign, you know? <laughs> okay. Maybe it just wasn't a sign of what? Maybe it just wasn't meant to be, you know? It'll happen when it'll happen. I see Lily, hey. Allen. I see Lily Allen got married out in Vegas. You know, we might... She did that. the right thing. I yeah, you me, could try that. I saved myself a fortune anyway, wouldn't I? Yeah, we might go... Now to, tell me, go were you go <laughs> good idea. Were you going to have a big 300-plus Tipperary-style wedding? Yeah, there's around 300 in her immediate family, sure. You know, being, wow. in, being in Tipperary. Um, no, we were. Good, we were going to have Catholic family. Yeah, good Catholic family. We were going to have a proper Irish wedding, you know, a church and all that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know how it's going to play out, to be honest with you. And I know there's like a lot of people are affected. They've had to cancel weddings and stuff like that. And and, and to be honest, they kind of seem to care about it. I'm I'm a bit more laid back about it. I, I'm not really that bothered. I have plenty of time to be married, I'm sure. From any, <laughs> I, from, from any man I've talked to anyway he tells me not to rush into it all yeah I think that is the groom's take on all this too now as we said uh, you have the new TV series out at the moment The Two Johnnies Do America uh, or T2 Thursdays nights at 9.30 you have a new single out at the moment which is called Shift 2020 yeah. featuring Randy Marks okay <laughs> oh, wow. you have a new a new book out in October mm -hmm. come here and I tell you yeah the new book that's available to pre-order now it's been we wrote that during lockdown and I swear it was like okay. therapy two of us <laughs> um, fighting in each other amongst tears 
Okay. So good communication between the two of you. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's the key. That, see, that, that song you mentioned, Shift, as well, we released that a couple of years ago. And when we were in L.A., we got a call saying, there's this producer, he wants you to come in, and he's going to like do a verse on one of your songs. So you have to see this, lad, now. Jason, is this Randy? Randy. Randy. This uh, is Randy. Uh, okay. I haven't seen the show. Randy's a fair unit, no. And like, okay. if you're thinking, is he tough? Or that, he wears sunglasses inside. You know what oh, I mean? that sort of a person. Yeah, he, he wears a snapback cap and the peak is completely flat. It's like a pool table. There's no way you'd be letting this lad into the foundry. Like, absolutely no way. <laughs> okay, so we'll check that out. It's Shift 2020 featuring Randy Marks. Uh, you also are starting a campaign to standardise the breakfast roll price. Chicken, yeah, roll. chicken rolls, yeah. Chicken roll it's price, your ab- chicken fillet roll. It's an absolute outrage uh, around the country. You know, people working on the front line and, and just people working in general. Mm. A lot of Irish, Ar- Ireland's trade is just pumped up and fueled by chicken rolls. And we How much it. is the most that you've paid for a chicken roll? I've paid seven euro for a chicken roll. In you Dublin. did not. What? Yeah, not. I did. I did be God. A chicken fillet roll. Chicken fillet roll. And do you know what? They wanted to charge me extra for taco sauce. <laughs> I, I nearly trashed the place. Yeah. Do you buy your chicken fillet roll from a petrol station, or I know there's a certain place uh, in Wexford where you can buy it in a butcher's? Where do you normally buy your chicken fillet roll? Yeah, we'd be on the road. We'd be flat out. You know, yeah, hard, petrol like, stations. Yeah, yeah. Mo- mostly petrol stations. But you see, in running this campaign, hashtag Save Our Chicken Rolls, we have you know unearthed some gems of chicken fillet roll places. So we're going to go on tour in Ireland and just. Tour all the best chicken fillet roll places. Mm. Good idea. Right. Good people, idea. Get a, a good Irish bit of chicken into you. Yeah. And, and four euro, we, we think, is an acceptable price. There's rumours okay. There's rumors of places doing it for 350. Okay, let's not oh, get carried away. Or that. Four euro, I think, is an ex- a fair price for everyone. Okay, so that's what you want to see. Mm. Four euro... For chicken fillet roll, taco sauce included. Oh, the whole lot included. Ta- taco sauce is not a filling. <laughs> Mayonnaise is not a filling. So what do you put in your chicken fillet roll then? Okay, uh, brown chicken fillet roll, butter, spice. What's cheese. a brown, sorry, what's a brown chicken fillet roll? Brown roll. Like a whole, whole, whole roll. Oh, very yeah. healthy, oh, very healthy. Like bread sticks to the stomach like lead. Yeah. Okay, good yeah, stuff. Hey, so brown hey, chicken fillet roll. You know, in Hollywood, mixing with the stars here. We've got to keep ourselves in shape. It's a brown. Well, true. Moved on to the brown roll. Yeah, yeah. brown chicken fillet roll. Was, what do you put in there? I was talking to Clint Eastwood and he was saying definitely always goes for the brown roll when he, whenever he's in Spar. And he knows. Look at him. He's, <laughs> he's about 107. Look at him. Yeah. Man, right? He is fit. Yeah. Um, butter. Uh, I go for spicy. Um, or maybe okay. maybe in the winter otherwise it'd be spicy and then um, right. a bit of lettuce for one of me five a day and yeah good idea peppers and if i was if i was feeling you know if i was feeling a bit kinky i might go for garlic mayo oh controversial i find the peppers a really odd choice get them into you good for you that's two your five okay. a day now okay. chicken is almost a vegetable it's you know it's <laughs> it's meat answered vegetables Especially the breaded type, definitely. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's all the top athletes. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so lots of stuff going on, not just including standardising the price of a chicken fillet roll. Uh, you are on our television screens on Thursday nights, as I said, at 9.30 on RT2. If you want to check the two Johnnies out, it's the two Johnnies 
Do America, then your remake of your song Shift, Shift 2020 featuring Randy Marks out now. And then come here and I tell you, A Guide to Irish Life is out on October 29th. You are the busiest Johnnies in the world. Thanks a million for talking well, to me this morning. selling carpets and gates uh, coming to oh the house. Oh my gosh. <laughs> busy, busy. Listen, enjoy your day. Thanks a million for talking to me this morning. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. We are in the middle of Secondhand September, a month where you can pledge to shop only secondhand for 30 days. With the hugely damaging global growth of fast fashion, clothing production has doubled from 2000 to 2014 with more than 150 billion garments now produced annually and 73% of all textiles end up in a landfill or incineration. If everyone wore a thrifted outfit to a wedding next year, the CO2 emissions saved would be the equivalent of taking 56 million cars off the road for a day. And if that can't convince you to shop secondhand, well then, the queen of shopping secondhand in the broadcast centre is our very own <laughs> Michelle Heffernan, a woman who you ask, I love your dress. Where did you get that? And she'll say vintage. So she's going to chat to us about <laughs> secondhand September. It is true. A lot of your stuff is... A in- lot of my stuff is secondhand. And a lot of it, I wouldn't even say vintage. I just tell the truth and say I got it in you a charity do. shop. You, you know? do, actually. Um, and my mother would say, don't be telling people that. You know, like they think it comes, they think it's something nice. And I'm like, and it but is it is nice. Else. And it's okay to say it that I bought it in a charity shop. Mm. Um... That's the thing. So, like, I think there's this impression that a lot of what's in charity shops is, you know, junk or it's not fit to wear. Well, I suppose it's the premise that someone gave it to a charity shop because they didn't want it anymore. um, And sometimes that could be, you know, genuinely because maybe it it has passed its its expiration date. But sometimes um, it's because clothes don't fit a person anymore Mm -hmm. or because they don't suit their lifestyle anymore. Um, and I have been lucky enough to just find gems. Well, tell in us what you're shops. wearing today because okay, you have so, quite a gem on today. So it's a kind of like a cream um, knee length dress with a floral pattern. And in fairness, I, I bought this a few years ago um, in a secondhand shop. And I kind of, I think because it was secondhand, thought, oh, it's not that nice. And then I wore it here a few weeks ago. And you guys were all like, I love your dress. I love your dress, you know, which just goes to show like and one man's trash is another man's treasure. Exactly. Can you remember how much you paid for it two years oh, ago? Oh, I would say three or four euro. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is this big warehouse of secondhand items um, on the Cork Road in Waterford. And to the best of my knowledge, it's not actually a charity shop. Okay. It is just a secondhand shop. And I will fully admit that, you know, a lot of it is you know, maybe not fit for purpose. And you do, you have to be prepared to rummage. Um, but whenever I do, sometimes I found some absolute gems. And yeah, I remember I used to buy, because I used to work in Jeff's Cafe Bar and uh, I used to buy these real vintage dresses. And the woman in there said to me, do you actually wear these? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, Adeline. I do, I do, you know. Um, but people would always say to me in there, you know, I really like your dresses. And I would always say, you know, a second hand or a charity shop um, because you can find something to suit you and you can often find something um, that's very good quality. So I try to look out for something that's made in Europe. Um, okay. Yeah. So generally, I find if the label says that it's, you know, made in Italy or made in France, um, I can be quite certain that there's a certain level of quality in that item of clothing mm-hmm. um, and that also it was ethically produced. Um, like 
let's be honest, when something does say made in Cambodia or made mm. in Bangladesh, you're not sure um, what kind of ethical standard that item of clothing was produced and to. And is this a way you've always thought? Um, no, I suppose, like, uh, God, I only noticed it on the items that maybe I thought, you know, that's that's really good quality, like that's 100% wool mm. or, you know, that's um, got a certain percentage cashmere in it. Um, and I would notice then that they were made in Europe or made in USA. Um, and some of these items, I'm not going to lie, they're probably what an older woman wore in the 60s, maybe, mm. you know, and it could be the case that uh, a family member was deceased and they were passed through a charity shop. But I'm like, great, you know, I just, this woman probably wore this as a wedding suit or something and now I'm wearing it. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think it's wonderful. And do you ever alter any of your clothes? So I have gotten some stuff altered. I remember I bought this. It was kind of like a sheer blue shimmery um, slip dress and it was it was floor length. And I thought, no, I am going to get this let up. Mm-hmm. And I remember I got it let up and I wore it out. And this girl was like, oh, my God, is your dress top shop? And I was like, no, <laughs> I paid like five euro for this. <laughs> so you chatted to some people who definitely will, will be embracing Secondhand September. One is Ava Welton. She's the owner of Old Soul Vintage in Tremor. It's much more ethical for God, the world and global warming now and climate change. Like People don't realise how bad fast fashion is into the industry. But even just buying a regular cotton t-shirt, it's insane. It takes up the same amount of water to drink, for one person to drink over four years, is the same amount to make one cotton t-shirt and how much to grow it. Then there's all the fertiliser and stuff that goes on that. Then it goes back to the factory where it's made and you have all the big machines powered by uh, fossil fuels. Then it's the transport after that, your plane or your truck or whatever to go to the shops then you buy it and that all happens before you decide to get rid of the garment and how it affects the environment after you toss it out where with vintage it was all handmade years ago and it's still going and it's top quality and there's no downside to buying it and most of it is sustainable it's sustainable cotton that wasn't treated badly and it will like biodegrade in in the environment at the end of the day so, yeah, Ava's great. I went out to her shop um, and everything is so sustainable, not even just the clothes. Um, all of the furniture there is actually um, upcycled. Okay. So she has kind of like old industrial crates that are turned into tables. Um, in fairness to her, I think the property used to be like a coal store at one stage um, and she's totally revamped it. And going into it is like going into an Imaginarium or something. Like it's just this splash of colour as well as her selection of vintage clothes she also has a wall dedicated to artists so she'd be very much promoting like buying local as well Mm -hmm. and so she's a lot available in terms of art and jewellery and even some kind of like you know there's postcards there's gift opportunities um but yeah i just felt like a kid in a <laughs> playground going in there and um, because there's all that color of dresses um, and then there's quite a good selection for men's and kids as well okay great um, yeah good stuff and uh, she told you as well why she loves vintage there's a, a large community of people that think you have to buy something new for it to be like you know it's it's new it's just theirs no one else has worn it and i'm like well the person who made that garment touched it as well you know there's no it's it's a bit mad i think just let it out of your head because what i love about vintage and any sustainable fashion is that it's individual there's only one of everything it's one of a kind you're not going to walk into a wedding with the same H&M dress as someone else you're just going to be wearing something totally different and unique that's just yours and I think that's way more important than buying something that was never worn before yeah such a good point and sometimes I feel with vintage and secondhand clothes that 
people are uber fashionable when they when they shop in places like that because like you said you can put alterations to it and make mm. it your own sometimes I think it's quite easy for me to just jump into the H&M's and the Zara's of the world yeah, and but pick up the, what's popular yeah it's true but at the same time um, I mean those clothes are not they are mass manufactured they are not built to, t- to cater mm. for all the different shapes and sizes mm-hmm. of women mm. you know um, not only are you going to buy something that's maybe good quality and well constructed, but you know if you are willing to buy at a very very cheap price, then you can perhaps afford to have it altered to really fit your shape, um, and that's going to stand to you as well. You know, it's an investment mm-hmm. really. I mean, we used to live in a society where women owned about nine dresses yeah, and got you know and made. everything was upcycled and adjusted and you know we had the skills to do that and there was no throw away anything mm. and now it's just fast 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 doesn't fit don't like it anymore hasn't lasted throw it away and like Ava said um, it's just such a consumption of energy water carbon dioxide um, and it's really like actually going to benefit you to change. Mm-hmm. You also spoke to Noel Cassidy. He's in retail services. He's the retail re- regional manager of um, the Southeast Vincent de Paul. I think these are your favourite places. Yes. Are they? So the Vincent de Paul is in kind of basically every town, totally. I think, in Ireland. Um, and what I love about the Vincent de Paul is because they're national, so they have warehouses and they have so many donations. So I think what a lot of people don't know is if you're looking for something in a Vincent de Paul shop and you don't see it or they don't have something to fit your size, you can ask about it. So a couple of, I think it was a year or two ago, I really wanted a camel coat. Mm. So this was what was in all the magazines. It was that kind of like long trench of that colour. Um, and there was nothing like that on the floor. And I said to one of the women, um, you know, I'm kind of looking for something like this. She pulled out three coats from the back that all... <laughs> could have like suited what I wanted. And I ended up buying this coat that was, I think, like 100% wool for 15 euro. Um, And again, people are like, I love your coat. And I'm like, yeah, you know, didn't spend, like didn't break the bank on it. Um, But yeah, you can, they really like pride themselves um, on their level of service and you can certainly ask for something if you don't see it there. Okay, brilliant. Um, He spoke about some of the gems that you can find in charity shops. the best of what we get from our very generous supportive public. So what we look for is what we call little gems. And I'm sitting here outside of one of our shops at the moment and I'm wearing a Ralph Lauren shirt <laughs> and a, a fancy pair of designer jeans which I picked up from our shop in Wexford. We really get a buzz from uh, selling on that type of product to give people the chance to go around, wear a label if they wish and pick it up at a, an incredible price. Wow, I'm kind of converted. Is there <laughs> is there a time, you know, I'm I'm a bit time poor. Do you spend longer in charity shops and vintage shops um, looking for what you want? Yeah, I suppose it isn't all readily available to you. Um, you do have to be prepared to look. Um, like I said, if you have a certain something in mind, just say it to the staff straight away um, and they will know if there's something like that on the floor or in the back okay. um, or if they can phone another shop. But... I actually kind of, I enjoy the thrill you of the do. treasure hunt a little bit. <laughs> so say, for example, you have a wedding, which I know you won't have for mm. a long time. Like, would you go into a charity shop mm. or a vintage shop with a very specific occasion in mind? Or would you go and just so, browse? Uh, for example, I was asked to go on the RTE Today show last year. And I thought, OK, I need to wear something that's like nice, um, you know, a little bit dressy, but, you know, not too much. I went into the St. Bridges shop on O'Connell Street here and I found a dress and it wasn't 
like it was H&M mm. it had the label still on it um, and it happened to fit me um, and I wore it and I remember even like the women you know bought, like doing my makeup or like you know you, you look great and I went into the shop afterwards and said <laughs> you know I, I wore a dress from here and they said did you say that on television I was like no I, I, I don't think I don't think I could get that one in but you know um, like I equally sometimes I remember like there's a there's a lady here uh, Vintage Agnes is her name and she does pop-up shops sometimes um, and she would just have such a whole rake of vintage dresses and I bought kind of like a polka dot lace tall kind of dress um, and like that I had a wedding in a couple of months and now I've worn it to two weddings Brilliant. I just bought a nice headpiece to Lovely. go with it great yeah. some great tips there if you want to embrace secondhand September or just try vintage and charity out for yourself Michelle thank you so much thank for you. talking to me talk to you soon The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103 Well we all heard the advice back in March or April don't be getting a new dog during lockdown. They will get too used to you being in the house all the time. So if you either got a new dog or have had a dog for years right now, could be that anxiety fuel time for them as kids head back to school and the house is a very different place. Pet Mania have some advice and tips to help separation anxiety in pets. And Hannah O'Rourke is a pet groomer from Pet Mania and she joins me this morning. You're very welcome to Sunday Grill. Yeah, thanks for having me. Pet groomer. Do you like everything from Hugh? Oh, only dogs or any type of animal? Um, I've had rabbits as well and cats as well. Yeah, <laughs> the whole thing, Yeah. Who would want their cat or their rabbit groomed? Yeah, it's more just kind of having a little wash and especially the nails and everything. You'd be surprised. They they need a bit of grooming themselves as well. Yeah. And of all the dogs, because we have quite big dogs in my house and they're always very relaxed about going to the groomers. Mm. Do you get quite nervous ones as well? Yeah, I got a few. Um, yeah, especially if they just haven't been used to it. But most of them, um, my regulars, they they love coming in. They're at, they're so excited and everything. They bounce around the place like as it walking around if they own the place. They love it. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> it's their hairdresser are, moment. Yeah, no, exactly. But there are a few that are a little bit nervous, but we've ways of working around it and make them feel calm as much as we can. Brilliant. You know, yeah. Did you see an uptake in people having pets over the pandemic yourself? Yeah, definitely a lot. Of, um, a lot of puppies coming in. Um, when we got back after COVID. Um. But yeah, there's definitely been a lot, um, a lot of new pets. Yeah, yeah, of... I can imagine. And do you think that it's all pets that might find this anxiety, or just particular types of breeds? Um, I say most most dogs would. Um, depending, like some dogs like their own kind of company, so they'd be kind of okay. Or some people would have two dogs to kind mm. of keep themselves occupied. But um, definitely, if, like any kind of puppies, like say any kind of puppies that have just come into the home and used to the the people like the owners around the whole time then they're going to be that little bit shock of where's my owner gone yeah. you know but um yeah most yeah it's a weird much. time really and yeah. I suppose the house is now empty especially if there's kids in the house yeah. but there's lots of things that you can do I'm really intrigued by this thing that swaddles a dog yeah <laughs> what is that tell us about yeah it. so it's a karma wrap it's um it's really lovely I actually have it for my own dog um because he has a little bit of anxiety a little mm. separation of anxiety but um, it's kind of kind of looks like a little harness, but um, it's a nice gentle pressure that um wraps around the dog and kind of relieves gives off um a calming feeling for them and reassures them. It's like a little hug. It's a constant little hug. They absolutely love it. Um, especially some dogs that are that love the cuddles and love their little mm-hmm. hugs and stuff. Um, so when would you put that on? Like you wouldn't leave the house and leave it on them. You or could anything? leave them on for a little while. Um, you could. Put it on them, like maybe about ten minutes before you leave, and let them kind of settle into it. Um, and maybe 
the weeks coming up before and like if it's new to the dog kind of getting used to it because some dogs won't have a clue but I'm mm. um, kind of getting used to it for a couple of weeks and then um, you can leave for a little while uh, a couple of hours with them on it and then when you come back then take it off and they okay. should be absolutely fine yeah and have you seen in your own dog that it changes yeah, no, his personality yeah definitely like he's the type to kind of be barking like have that barking kind of anxiety so it really helps him calm down a little bit and of course, I give him a couple of treats as well. So it kind of keeps him relaxed. Always good. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stereotype your barky dog and say, is he a Jack Russell? He's acting not. No, he's he's a mixed breed. I don't have okay. a clue what he is. But <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I hear barky, I think that's a Jack yeah. Russell. <laughs> the small dog. <laughs> and you have training sprays and things like yeah. that for dogs, that for houses that might have a new puppy during lockdown. They haven't mastered house training yet. How yeah. will that work? So there's a spray that, um, for those, yeah, those puppies that haven't really, don't really know how or toilet training you're not really there to bring them out to the bathroom every couple of hours as well um, so there's a little spray that you can spray on like a puppy pad and um, it'll direct their attention to go there and okay. they'll be they'll, they'll know to go there um, instead of anywhere else like on the carpet or anything and there's actually we have like the opposite which is um, an anti-chew spray okay. and then, which you can chew on or place on your shoes or anything like that and then it'll direct avert them completely like away from it so yeah. you know you can save your shoes and stuff you because it's not until you have a puppy that you realise they like to chew I've yeah, seen yeah. chew legs of even, chairs yeah, and everything even puppies and even some dogs are just mm. they just kind of like that kind of dog it's that just love the shoes you know now um, a really American thing that I've seen come into Ireland is the crate yeah it kind of becomes the dog's home and you can put a blanket over it to give them the yeah. idea that it's dark and stuff does that work for a lot of people yeah I really love the crate um, I know a lot of people might they kind of have a negative feeling towards it but um, I think once the dog sees it as a safe space that's what it's there for it's, mm-hmm. um, dogs like having that little comfort zone it's like having a little bed just that's their comfort zone and the crate you can have their little bed and their little toys and everything and have that as their safe zone so mm-hmm. they know you can pop them in the crate couple of minutes before you leave they know that's their safe zone their, that's their safe space and then when you do leave just for a little while it's kind of more for short periods of time um, they're safe and they're comfortable in there they're in their comfort zone you know um, I definitely highly recommend the crate um, and it's they're always, at some point in their life they're always kind of going to come across a crate and a dog mm-hmm. that's never experienced a crate before they're going to have not have a clue what's yeah. going on, do you know? And I even see with my own dog when he went to Pet Mania in Wexford to have his um coat groomed. Mm. He, like even though he's huge, he went straight into a crate. It's yeah. like their waiting area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're they, usually okay with it. Yeah, they usually are. It's mm. it's nice. They like that small kind of comfort zone. It's like a a little comfort spot yeah brilliant and they're available at Pet Mania yeah. as well if you want to check them out there's loads of different um, examples of stuff that you can buy to give pet owners some peace of mind and soothing pet products as well you can check out Pet Mania's website it's petmania.ie if you're thinking you could have a dog or a cat I keep thinking that people's pets are just dogs mm-hmm. but they could be cats or anything but I think cats really don't give a damn do they yeah do you think they yeah, they're have kind of okay with too? themselves. They're okay. <laughs> <laughs> they have the confidence. Hannah, thank you so much for coming in this no, morning. Thanks so much for having me. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Remember lockdown when we said we'd learn a new language with the time or create something or practice yoga every day? Well, my next guest actually completed her promise to herself and created a new jewellery business during the height of isolation back in March and April. Chloe Quilty is the woman behind Banrian Art and she's here this morning to tell us more. And that means queen, not white queen as I thought it meant. Queen. Queen, yeah, just queen, <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope it's just queen. No, no, it is, it is, because I can see Queen Street mm. in Dublin and it says Van Rien. Yes, yeah. thank you. Hello. Hello, how are you? You're very welcome. 
Um, I love your jewellery, I have to say. We're, 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 it's going to be hard to describe your jewellery. Yes, I'll, I'll try to <laughs> describe it as best I can without um, breaking, breaking that on yeah. air, I should say. Because it's got some filthy words mm, on it. Bitch, words, bitch you, words. Yeah, yeah, words that maybe your mother wouldn't even recognise. No, some of them, some words trying to claim back, we'll say. But so people can't use them in the bad way, but <laughs> some not too bad, some a bit fun. Yeah, yeah. No. Ones that would make people think twice. Yes. Look twice. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And you're like, does it really say that? And you're like, oh yeah, no, it, act- it actually does say that. Yeah, okay. Let's go back to March because um, I think you're a bit like me, only you went a step further with this. <laughs> we were told we go into lockdown. I thought, this is my time. <laughs> I'm going to learn something yeah. new. And all I did was watch Towie. That's all I did. I was actually looking forward to doing nothing. I was, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to take a break. I'm not even going to even bother workout or anything. Did, it was grand for the first while. And then I was like, actually, no, I am. I'm very, very bored. And I'm, I'm a very creative person that I don't have to be active in exercise way, but I have to be either either painting something or coming up with an idea to make something or something. Why did you decide that I'm going to do nothing? I just wanted a break because I'm, I'm working in retail and just coming out of Christmas, it's it's very tiring. You're going constantly and you're constant like returns and exchanges and stuff like that. So you're constantly going and work and I just wanted to just relax and do absolutely nothing. But it doesn't last very long with me. Yeah. I get very, very agitated. I can't stop moving then. I was like, that was that was a bad decision. OK, so how long was that before you decided I need to do something creative? I oh, say it was about three weeks. OK, yeah, now you say you work in retail, but you do have a background in art. Yes, yeah, so I did um, visual art in WIT um, a good few years ago. Um, and that was good, but I don't know was it really for me towards like maybe I should have um gone more towards design or something like that. Uh, I do get a little bit bored, say, with the details of painting and everything. But mm. at least with the visual art, you got to do a bit of photography, you got to do a bit of sculpture and everything. But it kind of came out of it because I just don't know was it for me. I always loved making occasion cards. Okay. My mum never had to buy a card for anyone's birthday or anything. I mm. always made them when I was younger. So I make the little ones every so often. So I've got to be more arts and crafts than art, we'll say. Um, but I have a, like if you go into my room, I just have this corner full of random old cards and old bits and pieces that I can break apart and make new things and everything. And it's just like I've just stopped gathering everything. I'm like a hoarder with everything. You can't throw anything away with me. <laughs> like I reuse everything. And are you are you thinking of it, or were you thinking of it as more an a job on the side? Did, uh, did is it something that you thought I'll get a career out of this? Absolutely not. I literally just had some beads. And I just made a pair of earrings for myself and I just kind of kept going. And then I was kind of picking up a few bits then during, during lockdown, you know, like uh, going out for your supplies and that. And then I saw these these letter beads. And I was like, oh, sure, I'll make a few, make a few bold words. No one, no one ever wears bold words. We're calling it offensive jewellery. Yes. Okay. Offensive jewellery. Well, some is <laughs> not too offensive. Like there's some there that say um, yum or yeah. more wine. Yes, I or like those there's ones. A few, there's a few bold ones that I definitely couldn't even pretend what they rhyme with or anything. <laughs> you have a not. send nudes. Send nudes, I think yeah. we're kind of verging on. And there's a send memes. That's, that's not yeah, too bad. Send yeah. memes. You have a how are you. How are you, yeah. Uh, um, you have a tick one as well, which I really like. There's one that's going to be going up called uh, Sunday Dinner. Oh, lovely. Sunday dinner. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, and these are little beads. You know the little letter beads? Yeah, small little letter beads. And I, have them, I started off with the white ones with just the black writing on them. And then I eventually found these kind of different coloured ones then I found another different type of coloured ones and then I kind of went online and I started getting a bit ahead of myself I was like oh there's black ones and there's vibrant <laughs> ones there's passive ones I was buying all these beads and I was just like they're not going in what are you doing like but and then it was actually my boyfriend who I was with during isolation at the time he was like 
set up your Instagram page there. He actually wanted me to set up an art page. Mm. He's like, do it. And I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And he was like, do, 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 do it. And eventually I, I did it then. And I was like, just put, putting up a few of the poor painting things I did before. And he was like, go on, put up your earrings. Just show them off. Like, you're making them there and no one's going to see them. Go on, throw them up, see what, what somebody says. And I'd show them up anyway. Just to show them off. And people were actually, I think they were a little bit shocked. <laughs> but really interested because they hadn't seen these Well, I think words. your first one summed up isolation yes. for a lot of people yes, because um, it was kind of F this really yes, exactly yeah. uh, so that kind of summed everything up for people yeah. and did people start to inquire about whether they could buy them then yeah like it was, it was just meant to be just a little hobby to show off a bit of just a bit of fun and then the odd, pe- odd person then was a little bit interested and like for a while now I just kind of sent them off because I was like they're not great quality or they're not this like they're, they're not meant to be anything mm. so it was just a few gifts for a few friends for their birthdays really but then I actually started to look into like better quality things and I was like, I could actually potentially do something with this. Um, like it's still just a little hobby now, but I really hope like, you know, in, maybe in the future I could really turn it into a business because people have been so supportive. They've been just constantly texting me going like, how are you getting on with it? Oh, I saw this downtown. Um, maybe that could, that, that could give you an idea for something. Or I saw these deadly beads in another shop. Like, do you want me to pick them off? You're like, everyone's been really supportive <laughs> of it. Like, it's great. I love them. I, I, do you know what I think I like about them is the double take. Because if we were to describe them, they're beaded dangly earrings. Yeah. So they they hang down, down on your neck. So yeah. you'd almost have to look sideways a little bit yeah. to see what it says. But some of them are just brilliant. Like, I just love the one that says, your ma. Yeah, your ma. <laughs> so <laughs> Year on one ear your, and ma on the other. So yeah, you're ma. Yeah, love it. And then you have a Carol yeah. Baskin one no, for that time of our lives. I would actually physically make them, but it was actually my boyfriend who come up with a lot of the words. <laughs> so like, I'd just be sitting Do you and worry about him? So yeah, sometimes. You know, sometimes, yeah. Go, nah, nah. He's, he's very funny in that he, he knows like what would work and I just I just then eventually just get to know how to, to fold in the wire and all that kind of stuff. We work as a little team for it. Great. They're just something so different. And as you said, you got quite bored during isolation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it really worked for you to be Definitely, doing something yeah. a little bit different and creative too. But you have moved on. You've moved on to, how would you describe them? Pressed flowers? Yes, yeah, so it's just pressed flowers in, in resin really. Um, I worked with a resin before when you're covering your paintings um, to preserve and everything. But then I kind of saw then that there was resin jewellery and I never I never knew that. So I was like, oh, I've hopped on that straight away. Um, so went online, researched how to do it all and everything. So literally just went out to my poor my poor mom's garden, just took all the flowers. Now, in fairness now, she's letting me now. I kind of talked her into it, but just going out, pressing flowers every day. And then about, they take about two, three weeks of pressing. And then after that, just gathering up small little bits, pouring them into the resin, throw them on a necklace, throw them They're on gorgeous. earrings, throw them up. And people have, people have been really, really, really interested in those ones. I really didn't think they'd kick off um, There's something kind of retro about them yeah isn't there yeah yeah i really love them if you want to check out uh, chloe's instagram as we said it's banrian art and that's b-a-n-r-i-o-n art and um, the one you have up at the moment of the little ladybird the ladybird yeah, fun yeah. necklace and um, it's just gorgeous as well are you hoping to go any further with this or are you yeah, just going to work away with it i'd love to like ideally just with work and i'm not a business person i'd love to get him into a shop yeah and just do it that way because unfortunately like when you're in work full time and someone's writing to you, you can't always get back to them straight away. And I, I'd hate for people to think I'm not replying to them or like, I hate to people think that I don't, I can't, I'm just mm. not on the page. Like, mm. um, But I would love to just, because I love just sitting down, making a load of them. And then if I could just hand them off, that'd be great. And do you make them 
Like when you press one flower, do you make them loads of that same flower or are they I all can. quite one offs? They're all one offs. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Good stuff. But of course, your offensive jewellery that can be made. That in can its be made. Thousands. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Well, if you fancy a set of earrings that say your ma, or uh, actually, I can't read any of these out <laughs> on the radio. So you better head to the Instagram. It is Banrian Art if you want to check out Chloe's work there. Best of luck with everything. Thanks for coming in, Chloe. Thanks very much. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, cinemas are slowly but surely reopening and are included in the list of venues that are allowed to seat 50 people at a social distance. The Odeon Cinema Group reopened in late August and Lindsay Taylor is the general manager of the Odeon on Railway Square in Waterford City. She's on the phone to talk us through this reopening and what to look forward to in the world of film. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Orla. Now I have to say, Lindsay, I am someone who probably went to the cinema once, if not twice a week. So during isolation, it really dawned on me how much I was missing that ability, even just to go to a venue on your own and sit back and enjoy a movie. Have you seen a lot of people return to your doors in the last couple of weeks who have been missing the cinema a lot? Yeah, we've seen quite a lot come back. We have a lot of regulars that would come every week, our limitless customers, um, there was four weeks before we reopened, I was in the cinema kind of setting everything up and every day I'd be walking in the door and someone would stop me to ask me, when are you opening? Um, so it's been really great to get everyone back in and share and watching the films, not just watching them at home on your own and being able to talk about it with other people in the lobby. Totally. And, and being able to watch it on a big screen with surround sound in the dark, feeling that you can't take out your phone, no distractions. That's just what I miss about the cinema. Yeah, that's it for me as well. It's that escapism. Because I know if I watch something at home, I will so easily pick up my phone. But in the cinema, you can't. You're just immersed in it. And it's just such a better experience. Tell me how this will work now in the Odeon in particular. Um, you're open for a specific time during the week and on weekends. And then social distance wise, what, what have you been setting up in those few weeks, like you said, before you opened at the end of August? Yeah, so um, we're really trying to do a contactless guest journey. So we're really encouraging people to book their tickets online before they come in um, to ensure the social distancing and the screens. We have moved to assigned seating, so you can pick where you want to sit before you come in. You can still buy your tickets um, on-site, um, but we do encourage people to book beforehand. When you arrive to the cinema, there is someone at the door. They are ready to greet you downstairs. So they'll bring you in. They'll let you know the one-way system that we're going to have. Um, and then you pop on through. We have sanitation stations then three along the journey. And um, you get up to the lobby then and everything is marked out for your social distancing. I really enjoy our um, our little footsteps. They're all film themed. So they're the footprints of characters from different films. Oh, so we have good. like, yeah, there's like a T-Rex for Jurassic Park. And then there's like the Martian footprint for a spaceman. So we're still trying to make it like quite fun while still making it as safe as possible. Okay. Um, and then we have, you know, all the prospects at the retail counter. We have all our staff are wearing their masks. Um, and then we seat everyone. So we'll bring you into your screen and show you where you're going to sit because we didn't do the design seating before. So we want to make sure everyone's comfortable and know where they're going. Um, on those stations as well, you'll pass as you go into your screen. You can pull out wipes as well if you want to wipe down your seat before you sit down. And then for ourselves as well, we've staggered all our film times so that there's not too many people queuing in the lobby at the same time because there's maybe only one film starting um, at each time. And then we've extended the time that we're cleaning the screens afterwards. So we're making sure that we wipe down all the seats ourselves 
um, and doing a really thorough clean. Okay. Um, so that's all there for you. Brilliant. That's great to hear. So obviously, like a theatre, you're set up that there's two metres social distance between everyone. So does that mean that people can take their masks off once they've got into the cinema itself? Yeah, once you're in the screen, you can take your mask off. So what we've done with the seating is we're doing every second row. Um, so there'll be no one in front or behind you, even at an angle. And then when you book your seats, we automatically block off three seats on either side of you. So it's a bit more than the two metres. Okay. And I've heard people say that the only issue they've really had with the cinema is maybe people wanting to go in and out to the toilet so that they're passing by you, you know? Um, and what would you, would you encourage people to s- sit up and get out of the, and stand in the aisle if something like that was going to happen? Yeah, well, most of our screens you can get out on either side of the aisle. Okay. Um, some of the smaller ones you can't. Um, but with the seats blocked off, there's generally not too many people in the same row. It'd be either be just yourselves or yourself and maybe one other group of people. Um, so we would just say maybe pop your mask on while you're still sitting. And then as you walk out, because you just need to pop your mask on anyway in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably best to just put it on before you pass anyone in the screen. And are people okay with that, with you asking them to keep a mask on and stuff? Have been people been fairly open to all of that? Yeah, I think the um, the mask has been a thing for such a long time now that when we opened, we didn't really see any issues with it. Um, some people do forget because um, maybe you wouldn't think of it with a cinema because it's not mm-hmm. like a shop. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have masks ourselves and the person that's waiting at the door to greet everyone, they have a packet of masks in there. So you can pick one up from us for a euro if you do forget yeah, it. Good idea. Now, let's talk movies because, of course, I think um, when isolation and lockdown happened, Slowly but surely, all the big hitters got cancelled. The one I'm thinking of in particular is Bond. Uh, cancelled maybe five days before lockdown happened in earnest. Are all these coming back on stream now? Yeah, they're all coming back. So our film chairman and talks to distributors all the time. Um, and they, Most of them have rescheduled for new dates. Um, so I think Bond is a bit later this year. Um but as well, to bridge that gap, we do have um, we do actually have some new content coming out, and then we also have throwbacks. Um, I think starting the 18th of uh, this month, we're doing all the Harry Potter films again. Um, so we'll have that like a, over a weekend. We're going to show all the movies. Um, but we do, I mean, Tenet came out, so that was kind of the tester of will, will it work in this socially distant mm. cinema? And Tenet has actually surpassed what they thought it would do. So it's doing really well. And it's a really great film to see. Oh, and yes, we've seen a lot it? of... I've heard such yeah. nice things about Tenet. I know. Um, some people come back and they see it like two or three times. And they're like, every time they see it, they see it, find something new. And they're like, oh, I have a deeper understanding of it now. I saw it myself last week and I really, really enjoyed it. I've heard it described as, um, what was it, like... Um, a spy movie that has um, a James Bond with a master's degree in physics. <laughs> but I don't think it's that complicated, honestly. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, so I read, I watched some interviews with Christopher Nolan and he said he spent like six or seven years writing the script and you can tell because it's so complex. But it's it's complex because it's kind of in reverse. Okay. So like you have all the questions as you go through it and you're like, wait, but what? Why? But by the end, he answers all the questions because it is this kind of inverted timeline and that's the whole premise of the movie. So you're not supposed to understand it until closer to the end of the film and that's kind of like 
what makes it so good. It's so different. Because I hate going to a movie and I know the ending within like a half an hour because I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to happen. You won't know that in tennis. It's, okay. it's really good. It reminds me of Inception, which of course is another Christopher Nolan movie uh, that yeah. I just didn't get. So, <laughs> but as you said, it has surpassed what people thought it would do in a time of a pandemic. And it has been the tester for cinema. And you're doing classic movies at the moment, but also slowly but surely as the movies come out again, the Odeon will be there. Yeah, we have two new ones out this week. So after we collided it out this week, that's the second one in a series of a book adaptation. It's a romantic, so it's a good okay. date movie. Okay. And it's actually done so well so far that they've actually already announced that they're making two more of them over the next couple of years. Um, and then we also have Bill and Ted Face the Music, which oh, is like yes. the end of a trilogy that started 31 years ago. So that's like an all-rounder the whole family can come oh, and enjoy that one. definitely go and check that one out. And what was the first movie that After We Collided was of the series? Yeah, it's just called After. Okay, and it's actually on. Yeah, it came out last year. It's on Netflix now. So you could watch the first one on Netflix then come to us and watch the second one. Okay, good stuff. So there are two movies that are coming out at the Odeon. And if you want to check out what the Odeon is doing, you can just go to odeoncinemas.ie. Thanks a million for talking to us this morning, Lindsay. That is Lindsay Taylor, the general manager of the Odeon on Railway Square in Waterford City. Thank you so much. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103.